Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. When I was writing the unofficial guide to bed and breakfast in New England, for several years I traveled throughout Maine, checking out lodgings and sites. My husband, Bill, spent childhood summers in coastal Maine up in Deer Isle, not far from the Canadian border. And we've often traveled back in early fall when crowds have gone and warmth still lingers. I'm delighted that our guest on this episode is Hilary Nangle, a Maine resident and author of many guidebooks, including Moon, Maine, Moon Coastal Maine, and Moon Acadia National Park. Welcome, Hillary. Thank you. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I'm so delighted you're here. What do you think makes Maine so special? Well, I think you start with the geography. It's tucked up in the northeastern corner of the United States. And unlike most states, it's bordered by two provinces and only one state. Uh, That's New Hampshire. And it comprises over 33,000 miles with 3,500 miles of coastland, 6,000 lakes and ponds, 32,000 miles of rivers, and 17 million acres of timberlands. So you've got all that land, and you've only got 1.3 million people here. So we got elbow room. (laughs) And it's that range of geography not only offers a range of spectacular scenery, but also something for everyone. You want mountains? Got them. Lakes, whitewater rivers, streams, oceans, sand beaches? Yep. Rocky coast, lots of that dense woodlands, rolling farmlands, islands. And you add to that something else, and that is food. Food in Maine is special. It was, the state was farm to table before farm to table was a thing. Yes, I I know. And, And having been to Portland many times, I know that's one of the great foodie towns in America. For such a small town, it has a fantastic number of top chefs. It sure does. It sure does. And it's not it's not just Portland. It's throughout the state. There's I rarely go in a supermarket, especially in the summertime. I buy my fish from the local fishmonger, the breads from the local baker and fruits and vegetables and and everything else uh, from oysters and clams to just about anything you can name at various farm stands and farmers markets and something that is very prevalent in Maine. And those are the little honor bars at the end of people's driveways. You got too many zucchini, you put them on a table at the end of the driveway with a little sign and a little money box. But you'll find those for jams and jellies, breads, of course, fruits and vegetables, but just just about everything shows up. How how about lobster? Uh, Lobster generally doesn't show up in an honor stand. (laughs) (laughs) But I do know, I mean, I know people I can call when I want a lobster or when I want oysters. So (laughs) it works. Now, let me ask you, what would you say is the best time of year to visit? Generally, I'd say September and early October are just golden. It's warmer. It's still warm, you know, but you're getting a little bit of crispness at night. The sun isn't as hot. The light is golden. The bugs are gone. And it tends to be less crowded because there are fewer families, of course, visiting at that time. However, if you're a skier or a snowboarder or a snowmobiler, you're going to want to visit in winter. If you're a fisherman, you're probably going to want to be coming in in the spring. So there's a little reason for everything. But overall, if you're just coming to see the state, September's a gorgeous month. Yeah, those shoulder seasons are great 
most of the world, but in Maine especially. Let's go up the Maine coast a bit, and you can talk about some of the cities and towns not to miss. Let's let's start with the southern Maine coast. What do you find there in general? Okay, so the area, as soon as you've crossed from Portsmouth over the bridge into southern Maine, you're in this area that's known as the Maine beaches. And it's a number of towns strewn along Route 1, coastal Route 1, that are, you know, grew out of a fishing heritage, but have also grown into very popular summer destinations. They tend to be more crowded than other areas, but they are also really special. You start, for example, York was one of the original towns founded in Maine. It's got a beautiful historical society and heritage museums. You go up to Agunquit, which was the site of one of the original art camp colonies, Robert Henry and his cronies. Agunquit Museum of Art, uh, beautiful beaches. You can walk this path called the Marginal Way. It's about a mile of paved along the waterfront cliffs. Because it's paved, it's open to strollers and wheelchairs, so it's really um, accessible. And Perkins Cove, really quaint little place with restaurants, including MC, which is Mark and Clark, who have both who have won. Uh, a James Beard Award for one of their other restaurants, which is no longer. They've concentrated everything here. Fabulous place with gorgeous ocean views. You move up, you're in the Kennebunks. George Bush Estate, of course, it's well known for. Um, there's a trolley museum, Dock Square, where all the fishing shacks turned boutiques and stuff. Again, beautiful beaches. Uh, but there's also a, a monastery there that's amazing. A monastery? Grounds. Yeah. It's a Franciscan monastery. There are Lithuanians who came here after the war, uh, World War, and settled in Kennebunk side of the river, Kennebunk, and they built this monastery, but the grounds are open to the public, and you can walk trails, and there's shrines. There's the, a shrine from the New York World's Fair there. It's kind of a beautiful place to escape. If you're feeling you're getting a little too many people, great place to escape. Of course, you go up a little more and you're in the greater Portland area, all right? So you've got Portland, of course, which is the anchor there, largest city in Maine, but really not that big. There's Buildings tend to be smaller. A skyscraper in Portland is 16 stories, to give you an idea. Islands. There are quite a few museums in Portland. You can take um, in greater Portland and you can take ferries across to the islands. You've got beautiful beaches and state parks in some of the suburbs and a lot of lighthouses in, especially in Cape Elizabeth and South Portland. Yeah, those are famous, the two lights, right? Right, two lights, but also especially Portland Headlight, which was commissioned by George Washington. And I grew up just in that area, so I know that really well. It's a beautiful There's there's nothing like sitting out there and, and eating at the lobster shack, having a nice lobster roll. Exactly. Exactly. One of Maine's treasures, lobster shacks. Go up a little more and you're in Brunswick, which is home to Bowdoin College. So there are some nice museums on the college campus, as well as uh, Maine State Music Theater is there and the Bowdoin Summer Music Festival is in that uh, base there. But you go down the peninsulas and when you start getting north of Portland, you get to the peninsulas. And these are the rocky fingers of land that extend southward into the ocean. And um, those are where you find a lot of the little towns and fun villages, some small beaches, things to do. I crazily skipped right over Freeport between Portland. And well, you can't skip L.L. Uh, Bean. Exactly. It's, that's the mothership for all the other ones is there. It's L.L. Bean in Freeport has a campus with various different sh- stores and a huge outlet store. But Freeport has a lot of other things. It's got a great lobster shack down on the water. 
And it also has a lot of other independently owned stores that are surviving in, amidst the outlets and some nice parks. Of course, if you go up to Bath, it's the main maritime museum. I encourage anybody to go there. It's a fabulous museum that tracks the history of Maine's maritime um, shipbuilders and cast sea captains. From there, another one of those peninsulas, Popham, which is the uh, Phippsburg Peninsula, Popham Beach and Fort Popham and a couple of Fort Baldwin. Go over the bridge and you're in going down the Georgetown Peninsula, another one of my favorite lobster shacks, Five Islands. It's, it's at the end of that one. Beautiful view overlooking islands. Just a great spot. Yeah, part of the fun of eating lobster rolls in Maine is eating them with a view. You can have them other places, but you don't have those rocky peninsulas and the, and the water. Exactly. Exactly. There are some really great lobster shacks in Maine. Go up to the Booth Base which are down a peninsula, but the coastal Maine botanical gardens are just spectacular. And this year they've got these displays of huge wooden trolls that are just fun. It makes it really fun for everybody. And from the booth base is one of the boats. There are three that go out to Monhegan Island. Now Monhegan was one of the original art colonies. It's about nine to 13, depending on which port you're coming from, nine to 13 miles out to sea. It's only about a mile of what you'd call road, it's dirt on the island and the only people allowed to have vehicles are actual islanders who live there year round. Some summer people have golf carts, but there are a few inns. It's renowned for birding, renowned for hiking, and it's especially known for its art heritage. The museum is located in the lighthouse complex at the top of the hill of the island. And there are so many artists out there. This is where um, Robert uh, Henry came with his school. Robert Kent, Fitzgerald, Al Stoddard, Others, lots of names you really know from American history of art came there and painted. And the rule on the museum is you can't be featured in the actual art half of the museum, which is in the assistant keeper's house, until you're dead, because there are just too many good artists (laughs) there. So, for example, the Wyatts, who are all very well associated with um, Monhegan, just uh, Andrew just got in there, well, when he died. Oh, really? Yeah. Jamie is not yet. <laughs> not yet. And he hopes not to be for a while, I guess. Right. And you can also, the la- the tower is often open in the lighthouse and the keeper's house has fabulous museums interspersed with art, which is wonderful. Sounds like just a perfect day trip. It's it perfect. is. Yeah. yeah. You can go out on a day trip. I'll tell you, it's magical if you spend overnight when the last day trip boat leaves, it gets very quiet. And the sunsets are spectacular. It's lovely. Yeah, that's a good tip because anywhere you go, the day trippers will be crowding in. But if you can stay overnight, you get the quiet mornings and the late evenings. It's perfect. It is. It really is. And then we're kind of in Rockland area, which is where the ferries go out to Vinyl Haven and North Haven Islands, both fun day trips or staying over on uh, Vinyl Haven has more to do than North Haven really does. Rockland also has the Farnsworth Museum of American Art. Again, more of the art of the coast of Maine is and beyond. A great transportation museum. And if you go down the St. George Peninsula, again, you've got those lobster shacks, including one that is absolutely one of my favorite called McLoon's. The views are spectacular. I mean, you're watching as you are at Five Islands. Lobster boats come in, unload their catches. And when they run out of lobster in these shacks, they run out and pull up a Creative lobsters from the ocean. And I mean, it's fresh. It's about as fresh it's as you fresh. Can get. Is lobster plentiful right now? It's getting more so. It was There was a shortage this spring for a number of reasons. But now that the, the lobster men, and that term includes women as well, are out fishing again, the prices come down. So are they call lobster hard. people? Lobster people. No, lobster <laughs> women call themselves lobster men. Okay. <laughs> 
And there, there are a lot of them now, including one who's, I think, about 100 years old and still goes out. Wow. Yeah, she's amazing. Rockland also has a lot of galleries and fun shops. Next town up, of course, is Camden. Um, Camden is pretty well known. It's a calendar cover for often many. Yeah, places. it's beautiful. It's one of those beauty spots. Right. It's got that beautiful little harbor and the mountains over it and it's a state park. You can drive up to the summit or you can hike. And from both Camden and Rockland, a lot of excursion boats go out and most of the windjammers that are members of the main windjammer fleet. So that would yes, be that's, that's a beautiful day. place to, to leave from and to come back to. Exactly. Because they're both on Penobscot Bay, which is considered some of the best sailing waters in the world. So that's fabulous. You wrap around the top of um, the harbor and you're going over the where the Penobscot River comes out. You will come to the Blue Hill Peninsula. And that's a special peninsula. I like the Blue Hill Peninsula. It's very artsy. It includes Blue Hill and Deer Isle, which is connected by a um, bridge. And then another little spur of it is Castine, which is so rich in history and architecture. Just an absolutely beautiful town to go through. And they're more quiet. I think even in the summer season, it's it's a little bit north. There's fewer people. So it's, yeah. a, spe- it's a special place. It is. And again, there's a, a food culture there. There are some great restaurants and chefs, some really fun fishing villages. And if you go all the way down to the tip of the peninsula, you're in Stonington, and that's where the ferry or the mailboat is what it's called, goes out to Isla Ho, which is where there's a rare, not rare, a remote backcountry section of Acadia National Park. And you can go out on a day boat and do some hiking. The ranger meets you and makes sure you get to the right place you're going to hike for your abilities. Or if you're one of the fortunate few who has managed to secure one of the five lean-tos in the park, you can camp. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. It's beautiful. Yeah. Go up from there. Obviously, Mount Desert Island with Bar Harbor, Southwest Harbor, Northeast Harbor, Acadia National Park. The biggest share of it is there. The Abbey Museum in Bar Harbor um, tells the story of the Native Americans in Maine from their point of view. It's fabulous. But there are also excursion boats, whale watching boats. You can go out on trips for lots and see how lobsters are caught. Generally, Bar Harbor tends to have the biggest concentration of people, all right? If you're going to find crowds, you're going to find them in Bar Harbor. But they kind of concentrate in about a two-block section of the town. You walk really? a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if they're coming off a tour boat of, of a cruise ship, they're either getting on a bus or not really venturing too far. You can venture into a church there, um, St. Saviour's, that has Tiffany windows in it. Oh, really? It's spectacular, yeah. I wouldn't um, expect to have that in Maine for some reason. Well, when you think back to the glory days of Bar Harbor at the turn of the century, the early 1900s, there were so many wealthy families there. And the Great Fire, when that came through, it took down most of those houses. But I really encourage people to go to the um, Bar Harbor Historical Society Museum. Last year, they moved into uh, one of the mansions that survived. And they're doing beautiful displays. You can get a sense of it. And also staying the um, the Salt Air Inn, for example, is is in one of these old cottages that survived. So there are some places you can really get yes, a sense. Yes, I, I remember the Astaku Inn. Is that is that still open? Yes. The the two, what I call the Grand Dames of the island, are the Astaku, which is in Northeast Harbor near the Astaku Gardens, which are spectacular in especially in late May, early June, because it's predominantly azaleas and rhododendron. But it's pretty anytime. Little pot, it's very Japanese influenced, kind of a Zen feel. And then just up the road is the Thuya Garden, which is more of an English border style. 
And then in Southwest Harbor is the Claremont, which has just come under new ownership and is having a, uh, was, has been totally renovated and updated with contemporary conveniences like air conditioning, which is kind of nice. <laughs> I know that you, isn't typical always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's the views from the Claremont are you looking right over the mouth of Soam Sound, which is a fjord, not a fjord. It's not quite as deep, but it's a fjord. A fjord um, just. Because it's pronounced that way or because F-J-A-R-D it's different? F-J-A-R-D as opposed to F-J-O-R-D. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're two different things, you know. Oh, but, really? I never heard of that. I want to ask you about Down East. I know that area is called Down East. What's the story? I know it's up north and it's called Down East. So explain what that is. It has to do with the prevailing winds and back in the Great Asia sail. When schooners were sailing northeastward along the coast, the winds the prevailing winds push them along. So they're heading up what we would call up the coast. And so you would think that it would be up east, but because they're setting eastward along the coast, right? But the nautical term is downwind. So when you ah. have downwind and east, it got combined to down east. Interesting. Um, while there are a lot of people who think Maine is down east and there's a magazine and everything called that, technically, when you're in Maine, you're talking pretty much from north of the Acadia region along the coast. And that's special too. I mean, you get, you come off Mount Desert Island, there's another section of the park on Skudik Peninsula, the only mainland section. And that's a lovely peninsula with another great lobster shack in Korea, quiet end of the road, little fishing village. And in that whole area, a lot of artist studios continue up. You get to Lubeck. Now, Lubeck and Eastport face each other kind of across Cobbs Cook Bay, which is part of Passamaquoddy Bay, which is the Gulf of Maine. The backdrop and for both are Canadian islands in New Brunswick. From Lubeck, you can go out to... Lubeck is probably most famous for its Candy Stripe light, Lighthouse, Quaddy Head. From there, when the border opens, you can go over the International Bridge onto Campobello and visit Roosevelt Campobello International Park. And there are lots of puffins. Yeah, you've got to get off to the islands, really, to see them. Um, You can go out from, uh, there's a couple, actually, there's only, I think, one boat that really takes you onto Machaya Seal Island, but you can go out on excursion boats. And then Eastport is the easternmost city in the U.S., whereas Lubeck is the easternmost town in the U.S. City is a... Bit confusing since I don't think the population hovers much more than a thousand people. But in both towns, they're just you get a real sense of a low key, low pressure down east vacation. It's just beautiful. All right. If you're not looking for a lot of high end entertainment, there's entertainment, but it's quieter. So a lot of people are looking for that. That sounds like a very good thing. Let me just ask you about inland. What are some of the main pleasures when you go inland? Just just generally. Oh, lakes and mountains, lakes and mountains. The bigger areas are what they call the main highlands, which includes Baxter State Park, Katahdin, the tallest peak in Maine, the Katahdin Woods and Waters National Monument, which was is up there now. That was it's still not that well known, but it's just a beautiful area that's really changing. It used to be a paper mill area. Greenville, which is on Moosehead Lake, the longest, biggest lake in the state. Whitewater rivers for rafting, of course. So you've got hiking, mountain biking, all kinds of paddling, camping, sporting camps, wildlife safari. I would think a lot of snowmobiling in the winter as well. Exactly. That up into Arusta County as well, which is the kind of the crown of Maine. 
And then if you go further west, you come to the Rangeley Lakes area. And Rangeley started attracting what they called summer rusticators back in the 1800s. It's got a great outdoor sporting heritage history. And it's a wonderful town, again, just to visit and, and relax on a lake in Maine. Beautiful with the mountains. Yeah, I remember going to Sabago Lake. Sebago. Sebago Lake, yes. Yeah. It's not far from the coast. But no, Sebago is probably one of the busiest lakes in Maine. Because yeah. it's almost, a lot of people have some, from the greater Portland, have summer camps there. Uh, camps is a main term referring to a kind of a summer cottage on a lake or in the right. mountains or something like that. And so yeah, and Poland Spring, of course, which is another area yes. in a source of the water, once had a 500 room hotel there. It's pretty fun to go up there. There's a nice little museum about the water as well as the history of Maine. The Hiram Ricker, who owned the hotel, just did so much. I mean, um, airplanes landed on the street, on the lawn, just a fabulous, wonderful history inland. There's still a going resort there. It's very low key. It's more budget friendly and there's still a golf course there. So nice place to visit. Everything. Looking to save a little money. On, in have, have we left anything out? Is there any favorite thing? Just name one or two that maybe we haven't covered. Oh my goodness. I think um, you've covered it all. <laughs> I, I have one. I have one. I love Proutsnick. Is that, is that, am I saying the yeah. name right? It's yeah, not far from Portland. Is it in uh, near Scarborough? And that's where Winslow, Winslow Homer, the artist lived. And there's a museum in his house. Yeah. And uh, you can walk along the path that he painted. You could walk along this beautiful little path, rocky little slippery path, and then go in and look at the same paintings of that path. It was very charming and wonderful. That's one of my favorites. What, what's one of yours? I think, you know, I okay. think one of the cool things about Maine is the history. And if anybody's at all a history buff, I mean, when he was still a hero and not a traitor, Benedict Arnold marched through Maine and route to attack Quebec. The first naval battle of the American Revolution took place in Machias. The worst naval disaster before Pearl Harbor occurred in Castine. And Paul Revere faced court-martial for it. Forts and blockhouses pepper the coastline and the waterways. During the Great Age of Sail, by 1885, I love this statistic, 10% of all full-rigged American-flagged ships on the high seas were under the command of Searsport and Stockton Springs captains. You can wow. really get that sense at the uh, Marine Museum, Penobscot Marine Museum in Searsport, and you'll read stories of some of these captains were 12 years old. What? Yeah, they went out very young, very young. Wow. I'll tell you, I've learned more about Maine from listening to you than I have ever known before. I, I just think lobsters and sailing and all that kind of thing, but there is so much to Maine. It's it's wonderful. I thank you so much for that. The name of the podcast is Places I Remember. So, Hillary, please share with us a special story or memory about Maine. When my dad was still alive, we rented a cottage, a waterfront cottage in Korea. And I mentioned it earlier, it's a lobster fishing village on the Scudic Peninsula. And it's well off the beaten path. It's got a wonderful little lobster shack, but it's the kind of village people, I think, who aren't from Maine, from away, think of when they are picturing a Maine coastal village. It's a small protected harbor just filled with lobster boats, no, no pleasure boats. It's the harbor is wrapped with wharves that are lined with buoys and traps and various gear from lobster fishing. We used to sit on the ledges out front and watch the lobster boats go in and out of the harbor. 
And one afternoon we went down to, there's a lovely gallery in town. And one afternoon we went to the lobster shack and I got talking to the owner, Joe Young. And he's a born storyteller. He's a descendant of the original settlers, a sixth generation lobsterman. And his aunt, Bernice Abbott, was a friend friend of painter Marsden Hartley. And Joe's parents rented a kind of a chicken coop shack to Hartley when he came to Maine and he painted there. And Joe keeps a gallery in the shack, in one of the shacks on the wharves with a lot of her paint, her um, photographs. And you just really get the sense of Maine when you're there. You're like, wow, this is what it's all about. And it's the simple pleasures of spending time with my dad. I just loved it. And enjoying life in the slow lane. Yeah. Well, that's the best. If you can do that and be with someone you love, perfect. Yeah. Well, Hillary Nangle, thank you so much for sharing the wonders of your state. And uh, we can find out more on your website, maintravelmaven.com. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm still a travel writer, so I just want to say with every episode of Places I Remember, I write a description of the episode called Show Notes. It includes a summary of what we talk about, and it includes bios and links not mentioned in the episode. I also write a list of timestamps or markers or chapter markers, which breaks the episode down by time so that you can find the parts you're most interested in. Show notes and timestamps accompany each episode wherever you get your podcasts and also on my website, places I remember, leolane.com. I hope you take advantage of them. And on today's episode, I know you can go back and look at some of these facts and go deeper into them. And it's just perfect. Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember, so follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, placesiremembereleolane.com, and keep making your own travel memories.